Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, July 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Olympic week has arrived. A year later than scheduled and without fans in the stands, the summer games are about to commence in Tokyo. Opening ceremonies are Friday, but events in some sports like soccer and softball begin earlier. This is happening as the world continues to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Some athletes, including gymnast Kara Aker of Kansas City, have already tested positive. Aker, by the way, is fully vaccinated. There is no asking if the games should happen. They are. And TV ratings for the Olympics are always high in Kansas City. But there's something of an uneasy feeling headed into these games. On today's show, star columnist Vahe Gregorian, who's covered several Olympics, joins me to discuss this global event, what we love about the games, and what concerns us this time. Let's get started. You didn't come in here expecting to write a column today, did you? No, I I thought I would be just speaking with you for four or five hours. Yeah, yeah, our usual four or five hour podcast. (laughs) No, we were going to do this earlier, but uh, it didn't happen because you wrote a column about the Olympics, and I wanted to talk to you about the Olympics Uh, on a lot of levels Maybe the the first of which let's let's establish that the games the opening ceremonies for the summer games are Friday in Tokyo, and some competition begins earlier. I know uh, softball begins actually on Tuesday. Uh, the women's soccer team, USA women's soccer team, plays on Wednesday. So yeah, some team competitions begin before the opening ceremonies. But um, this Olympics is already unique in that the 2020 Olympics are happening in 2021 and there will be no fans in the stands and of course this is all because of the COVID-19 pandemic the delay and the and and the uh, the empty stands so Vahe I wanted to chat with you because you've covered name how many how many Olympics have you covered 10 10 Olympic games 10 Olympics six summer okay so first, uh, the way I've looked at it is the first summer games I've missed since 1992. Wow, wow. So you have a, um, you know, you, you have a depth of knowledge about the Olympics that few, few have, few possess. Um, I know you're going to miss being there because even though fans can't come, media is allowed there. But even if you had gone to cover them, it would have been the most unique Olympics that you would have ever covered. Um, how how are you feeling about about these games? I'm a little uneasy about it all. Um, I, I I love the Olympics. I want to talk about that a little bit too later. I mean, I absolutely love the Olympics. It's one of the few sporting events where my wife and I sit on the couch and watch sports together, mm. and, and both mm. enjoy the you know the, the competition and most of the sports. But just because of the nature of things, the pandemic, there doesn't seem to be universal approval of even staging the games, that these are a little different. It, they are, and it's, it is, the, the whole mixed bag of things you're describing is very much, you know, sort of the pulse of what I feel too. Um, you know, I've come to think of the Olympics as this, this grand global celebration, right? And, and it really is. And part of the magic of the Olympics is the ability for people to really you know, physically come together. And that is entirely what this can't really be um, in ways that we don't even know yet. But we do know they were getting not exactly early harbingers of, of some chaos ahead, but, but 
kind of a powerful statement of what this is going to look like just based on the developments of the last few days with including our own uh, Kara Aker of uh, Gates Gymnastics and Grain Valley um, a, a, a replacement gymnast testing positive despite being vaccinated um, fully vaccinated fully vaccinated and it, it's just the microcosm of of how hard this is going to be it's been understood that first of all we should we should note that the IOC has not mandated vaccination there's there's reasons for that that I don't think have been very well articulated but the reasons seem to be I think starting with the notion of accessibility for all um, that at one point was maybe not not seen to be possible and then a fairness question but um, the ripples of that are are, are in, indefinite I mean not, maybe not infinite but indefinite and um, I just don't I don't think we have a real feel for the sort of wildfire that that might ensue here um, this wasn't maybe really where you wanted to go with that opening question though I, I think you know you were thinking also in terms of what what just what the Olympics means and and well what what it's what it means what it's meant and how different this one is Going, we project this one uh, is going. Yeah. To be, you, you make a great point that it is, it is the world coming together for yeah. for sport. And I read something today uh, an an Olympian from Japan. I think he's a soccer player who is who's upset that fans aren't going to be allowed in the stadiums for a couple of reasons. It's like first of all, well, why hold the games if? Mm-hmm. We can't. They can't be held in front of spectators. And the other point, which I think is a is a pretty good one, is taxpayers have paid a, a lot of billions of dollars for Japan to hold these games, and they're not going to be able to enjoy them in person. Yeah, and to say nothing of how some bills are going to be paid, I haven't really thought through all the implications of that. But at last reliable estimate I understood was the games were going to cost $26 billion to, to put on. And which is part of the reason why I guess we're still having the games despite with what this uh, very genuine Japanese competitor would say. So it's, uh, you know, the trick of the whole thing is that, that none of these experiences are going to be what what the spirit of the games is supposed to be, right? The, the the athletic experience, you might, you'll have the competition, and I suppose there'll be a chance at some purity of the competition specifically as long as we don't have just waves and waves of people disqualified, which, yeah, that's maybe a big caveat. Um, <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought much about this till today. I'm kind of all over the map, but, you know, everybody's flying commercial here. You're, you're exposed to... The general public, 205 countries, 11,000 athletes converging in a place that has a 28% vaccination rate. And, and 100,000 new COVID cases a day in, in, uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, still in a state of emergency, which uh, from a, a, a smart thing you sent me, uh, Mike Tirico, um, writing for Peter King this week. I mean, it, it, you know, it explains a little bit that the state of emergency maybe isn't... Um, you know, mar- martial law either, but it, but it's, it's not what you, you'd hope it would be. So, so there's going to be the sound of one hand clapping in this a little bit, a little hollow. Um, and, you know, I, I tend to think about the Olympic experience through a, 
a, a fair amount of different perspectives, right? It, certainly, you start with the athlete, what what it is, this, what they've worked for, often a lot of their lives, um, and you think about the the fan in that country, what it means to the the, the people of that country, right? To welcome the world. Uh, I remember, you know, I've, I've been lucky to be places like Australia in 2000, where seeing people weeping on the beach as the torch went by because it, at last, you know, they're, they're, the world is back in Australia, you know, and I, I think, you know, there's a thin line between just sort of the sheer nationalism and, and pride, but, but, you know, to see it in Athens in 2004, all these things, and I, I assume that the passions are different, but as deep in Japan out of those who wanted the games there, but the problem is now they're dealing with a public that's very divided on even having it. So all these different lenses on it um, are conflicting, but but none of them is fulfilling, right? They're all a little blurred. I think about it also from an athlete's perspective. Um, I would th- I, I would think that the athletes want the games to happen, right? I mean they they set up their lot li- their young lives yeah. to to participate in the Olympic Games and. Um, and I, I'm old enough to remember in 1980 when the United States boycotted the, the games in Moscow and how devastating that was to the, the American Olympians who could not participate because of the, yeah. the war in Afghanistan and uh, the Soviet war in Afghanistan. So um, that, was, that was what was at stake here if, if the games were not going to be played. I mean, if that was... So, um, the, the IOC did, I think, prudently canceled the games last year. Everything was being canceled last summer, right? Um, all events were or delayed. Uh, certainly, schedules altered, and the Olympic Games were among them. And I remember thinking at the time, okay, a year, a year mm-hmm. from now, yeah. we should be coming out of this, yeah. and uh, we should be okay. Gosh, everybody, every other sporting event has been held, right? Every major championship. Even the couple that weren't, you know, it, that didn't happen last year, like Wimbledon, they, they, could, they got that in. And, and people are in the stands again. But the Olympics are going to happen without, you know, w- without the fanfare, pretty much. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's going to be – did I hear piped in, maybe some piped in crowd noise? I, I didn't hear that, but I wouldn't be surprised. But even things like – I read this the other day, that the, the awarding of, of medals will be – they won't be – hung over your neck they'll be put on a tray in front of you for you to put over yourself <laughs> that does not quite seem like what you know I congratulate myself on this right. I, I, <laughs> I mean and I, I, I look I, I guess that's that you know it speaking of thin lines on things right it's it's a thin line between what 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 uh, rightfully ought to be sort of mocked and 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 seem ridiculous and what is like well I, I guess they better do that I I you know, maybe that maybe that's helpful in some way. It, it, you know, you figure that's that's less face to face exposure, regardless of uh, masking. And and I I'd like to think that those on the metal stand won't need to be masked at that time. I, but I don't know. Some of these things I haven't really had a chance to drill into. I mean, I I, I don't know for sure what the how they're going to do the opening ceremonies, for instance. I I it's my understanding from what. Um, has been said on NBC in these just in these last couple of days that that we'll see a parade of nations, 
Well, I, I don't know anything about the protocols on that. I don't know right. uh, if it's the diminished numbers. You know, it. I can't speak to the specifics of this, but I do think um, it, that they've they've changed some just travel rules in terms of like how long before your competition you're allowed to go into the country and how soon after you need to leave. So all that sort of throws that off. You know, the opening ceremonies are such a joyous occasion. Yeah. And probably, if not the highest rated program during the, the, the entirety of the Olympics, among the highest rated nights, I'm sure NBC... Uh, counts on that to be a blockbuster yeah. night for, yeah. for them. Of course, it won't be shown live. Uh, it'll be a you know an edited version to be shown in prime time on Friday here. But um, it's just not going to be the same. It won't be the same with an empty stadium and a, a parade of nations. That that's always fun. You know, yeah. Guess the nation. You know, guess yeah, yeah, looking, yeah. At, the, looking <laughs> yeah. at the flag. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's. I don't know how that's going to appear. I, I don't either, but you reminded me of this. Like the, for many years, you know, in the rhythm of covering the Olympics, um, you know, Wednesday would usually be the day that uh, at least the United States would announce like the, the, the flag bearer for the delegation. And that was, that was always an exciting story to get to write. Right. And what an honor it is what for it that person. And yeah. I, I guess there'll be an, such an announcement uh, in the next day or two. And, uh, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know what the the format will be and how it'll how it'll go over. So that's uh, there. I, I mean, I have I have a really sort of a profound sense of sadness about this that is really probably only um, only eclipsed by my my, my genuine worry about what what's going to happen. And I, I I I'm trying to think of. Um, is it possible we're just wrong on that, and that that by these things happening right now, that they're they're flexible and nimble enough, and have enough, you know, science and information and personnel and resources at play to adapt to what we've even seen now? Um, but I, I, I just don't know that answer, and I feel like there's been a, uh, I don't know, sort of a willing suspension of disbelief to just. Yeah, well, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get they have these playbooks, but we've seen you know authoritative people you know point out the the gaps in them, and just that they're not conscious enough of the right things and how transmission works. They're going to be tested constantly, right? The athletes, yeah, yeah. constantly, certainly daily, at least as I understand it. And uh, I know in the case of USA Gymnastics, I think they they produce a saliva test every morning. Well. Well, yeah. last year, at, uh, as as events were being uh, reimagined, you know the NBA got through its season in a bubble, and the NHL got its playoffs, you know, uh, in a through it in a bubble. Other sports, you know, baseball played without mostly without, I guess, all the games last year without fans in the stands. So events happened without. There, there's nothing on this scale, though. It's look, it's. 11,000 athletes, is that, yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, about um, that. Coming from all over the globe with different um, uh, percentages of, of vaccinations available. I mean, I guess uh, we're all hopeful that everybody that can get vaccinated has, will and has. I do. The one, one 
point worth making on that is that you're right at different access points in different countries, different continents even. But about two months ago, the IOC, you know, got on a, not just a campaign, but but made it clear it had the resources to vaccinate any would be Olympian. Okay. Now, to what degree that's happened, I, I guess we don't know. We can hear Thomas Bach, Bach, Bach say that uh, they expect 80% will be vaccinated. I don't know where he gets that number. Now, theoretically, they ought to have that number if they're administering some. Mm-hmm. Um, but they probably haven't administered all. And we know from what we've researched here in the U.S. that uh, different governing bodies aren't, aren't tracking it within their, own, within their own teams. So I don't get how you, you know, and I'd like to think we have one of the more sophisticated systems and certainly the resources. So we don't even know who, how many people on any team have been vaccinated. So I don't know, just the thing about this late, this episode that we're talking about today, though, it really gets me is that, you know, Kara Aker is vaccinated. And, and tested positive. And tested positive and sits at the cusp of all this. And, and look, the reason that the USA Gymnastics maybe is, is it'll be one of the most prominent sports. And Simone Biles is, you know, one of the great athletes, if not in oh, some ways prob- recognized as the, the greatest yeah. in some ways. Yeah, that, she'll, that we'll she's, ever see. she is the focal point of the Olympics. She I mean, is. I mean, you're she, talking about who's going to carry the flag in. I'd be surprised if it was somebody other than her. Yeah, I, I, it, she would be perfect for many reasons. And, and uh, that's part of the beauty of this, that she, her story is all-encompassing in a lot of ways. So, um, but now the, the, the reason this, I think, is getting so much media attention nationally and internationally is that, that, that that's a, you know, gateway to Simone Biles. Like, Okay, what is to what degree? You know, they got on a plane. They all flew together, right? Okay, and and then they have trained together. The reports are a little different from USA Gymnastics than what what they had sort of told us at first. But they're they're riding on buses together now. Theoretically, they're all masked and they're sitting on separate parts of the bus. And um, and it is funny though if they weren't getting ready to compete, I don't think I'd feel like oh, you know, they're just traveling in a bus together it, it, but 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 there's this there's the there's the olympics right here so, right right and so um, maybe it's a different standard than than we think of when we're just you know going to the office or or you know even traveling together right I mean, we, we've, we've both been on airplanes yeah last, you know fully masks and air, airports yeah. and airplanes and um but i don't have a you know, gymnastics move named after me no, <laughs> no i don't th- are you sure <laughs> wait a minute let me <laughs> Oh, named after, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about some of the happier occasions at the Olympics. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. 
Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Vahe Gregorian, we're talking Olympics, which start this week with the opening ceremonies on Friday, some competitions beginning before that, Vahe, you said you covered 10 Olympics. Um, I've, I've never covered Olympic Games. I'm, I'm jealous of, of you to have having covered so many. I'll never forget, though, Sam Mellinger, our buddy and colleague, uh, describing how he felt watching Usain Bolt win the 100 in London in 2012 in the you know shattering world record and just the excitement he felt in the stadium, one of his all-time great moments covering sports from your Olympic experiences. Do you have something like that that just gives you chills when you think about it? Yeah. And that is one of them though. And what I bet you, you can freeze these kind of moments in your head from uh, incredible events you've been at where it's like a little bit of a freeze frame. I can feel the goosebumps. I can feel like the, the, the surge in the audience, the surge in him. It may have been one of those things, not quite like uh, Sam and Therese Paler falling out of their chairs watching a Mahomes <laughs> pass, but it may have been one of those things where I, I found myself getting up in my seat as it was happening. Not in any way consciously, just like, you know, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Um, so, you know, it, 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 I've been really fortunate to get to cover the Olympics at all. Once would have been amazing, and, and it just sort of sequentially worked out at the Post-Dispatch. We had a long time. Uh, Olympic writer starting to toward retirement around the time I was you know coming aboard and um, I went to Atlanta for the first first Olympics and that's like you know Michael Johnson and Carrie Strug and uh, the the emergence of USA women's soccer and USA softball and and bat there was so much going on and I I don't know that I I don't have the photographic memory that you do. Um, I bet you if you'd been to these things, you would have you'd be telling me you'd be able to tell me what you did each day. I, but but the collage, kind of the montage, whatever. I mean, I I just suddenly you know think about Michael Phelps and and Simone Biles and and Usain Bolt and you know there's Muhammad Ali in the stadium and you know uh, Giselle walking in Rio and and. Uh, but the other thing that you, you take away is that there's those people that define sports in some ways, right? The, uh, the finest athletes of our times. But you become in those countries, you become conscious of the experience of uh, the nation, the host nation. And I remember Kathy Freeman, I believe her name was the aboriginal runner in Australia, winning. I think it was the 400 winning and sitting down on the track and I get goosebumps from that. It just her taking her shoes off, and and I I won't be able to do justice to what it meant in Australia, but it you could feel it then. Um, I think she lit the flame that year she too. Did, I think she, I think she did light the flame too, and which was extra cool. Um, and then the the other thing that uh, really drives anybody anybody that's gone to the Olympics as a reporter, the feeling is you're locals. 
the local. Yeah, athlete. That, and that's I was going to bring that up because that's something that you you've done such a good job with with your Olympic coverage is you find the local athlete and tell their story, and you bring it home to the you know to the reader in your region. Well, it, because it becomes the one thing that that no one else is going to care about the way that that the, the local newspaper cares about the local athlete, and you know it. Maybe those aren't the stories that everybody remembers from the Olympics if you're watching, but I would bet you that most most reporters that go to the Olympics value that as much as they do that that moment to watch Usain Bolt. I mean, I, I'll always remember, I use this example a lot, but I'll always remember sitting in the stands at archery with the mother of Zach Garrett uh, from Wellington as he won a silver medal. In his, and, you know, I'm sitting with the mom as he's winning a silver medal. Why? Because the star and, and we cared enough to go spend time with the family before that and got to know them. And then it became a, you know, we're in this adventure with you thing. And... That's pretty cool. I think that's um, something we all like to do in this business. And uh, I could, I could rattle off twenty names like that. That that I don't I don't mean like any of them to trivialize any of them by saying that. Just other, that each of those Olympics experiences has been highlighted by the, the time with local people. And in the Sunday Star, we had a list of the most. I think we covered most of them, if not all of the the local competitors who will uh, are scheduled to participate. In the Olympic Games, I'll, I'll just I'll just mention a couple of them. One of whom is interesting on a couple of levels, and that's Bubba Starling yeah. <laughs> playing for Team USA's yeah. baseball yeah. team. How cool is that? And I'll mention another one, just a, a track and field athlete that you and I have gotten to know a little bit over the years, and that's Courtney Frerichs, yeah, the steeplechaser from Nixon, Missouri, but spent most of her under, I think all of her undergraduate career at UMKC, and yeah. learned to basically be a runner at UMKC. Yeah, I remember you were sort of the, the first to get to know her, and, and because of that, you reminded me that even when she went out to New Mexico, she, she's ours. She is ours. And, we're Absolutely, yeah. she's ours. And what a delight she is, and I had... Uh, both experiences with her uh, got a chance to follow in your footsteps and and do a story previewing her in 2016 and then met up with her after her race in uh in rio and now i'm supposed to get her on thursday while i'm driving from hoover alabama back to pensacola uh she's supposed to be calling i think from tokyo through uh there's there's some kind of uh uh milk company that's sponsoring her so i just have to make, make sure i mention that she used to work at a milk booth back in nixa and then uh then i'm good for talking to her about whatever i want to talk to her about yeah, time difference shouldn't matter either you, you, that should go smoothly I, I will pull over for that for that interview i'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, um i wanted to ask you about something else that that has been brought home to me in the last month or so, watching a lot of the world's soccer competitions, the Euro, the, the Copa with, with Brazil and Argentina, and now the Gold Cup with the USA. And that is, I think the, the international soccer competitions among nations bring out a nationalistic feeling in the people of, of those countries that I never really see in the United States. And I... Our buddy Sean Goodwin, who covers soccer for for the Star, 
mentioned on a podcast last week that he's from Liverpool, and England losing the Euro final to Italy uh, drove him to tears, and he had difficult sleeping, and the 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 path that England took to get to the final brought him just such joy as a as as a soccer fan, and I don't think USA soccer is men's soccer anyway is on the level of we we know it's not on the level of others that um, that just haven't had the international success. So my question to you is: Have you found over the years covering the Olympics and and just observing sports? Um, that does the Olympics is, is that our nationalistic f- sports feeling? Is it is it wrapped up in the Olympic Games um, in a way maybe other countries I don't want to say don't have, but because the USA is as dominant as it is, it, it'll win the most medals, uh, it'll win the most golds, it'll win the most medals. Um, I guess do we feel that way about our Olympic team the way Sean Goodwin felt about his England soccer team or? Anybody feels about their, you know, their international, or, or their, their, I'm sorry, their national team. That's a great question. It's a really great question. I feel like my my first instinct and and probably more thorough instinct is is yes that it that that's where that's where that goes for us. I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, I think you can make a case that uh, it's because. For many of the sports that we value, I think this is right. This is the marquee environment for it. Whereas, let's say soccer per se, eh, you can flip a coin, I guess, maybe about whether, uh, actually you probably don't even flip a coin. A, a World Cup, for instance, is going to be more meaningful than an Olympic gold medal in soccer, I guess. Yeah, it would. I think. Right? I mean, I, and, and I don't think we know the nature of... Um, I don't think we bear the feeling or whatever you would call it of the nature of a international competition off the Olympic charts the the way we do in the Olympics. I mean I don't I don't know what would would I don't know what the right parallel would be with that the Euro Cup for instance yeah. for us. What would what, what would it be? I don't know there isn't one because I'm not even the FIBA World Basketball Championships yeah. in that way. I, I, my sense is because the most popular sport in the United States isn't an Olympic sport. Yeah, that we 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 channel a lot of our emotion to the NFL teams that we follow that co- we cover, and and there is no nationalistic feeling about the NFL. You you pull for your team, right? And uh, it's it's just different in that way. And and, and look, the, the the nature of sports in the United States is. You know, not just the NFL, but baseball and, and NBA, NHL, MLS. Um, we, we're we're all fans of the teams in our cities, and yeah. there there is no USA ness for for any of that. I I think that's right. And then think about this too. It, it's I may have said some version of this before, but I think you know you, you ask with any of these sports, what's what's the highest uh, stage for any sport, and certainly Olympic baseball, for instance. We've got football, NFLs out of this equation. I think you can make a case. People, as much as I love the Bubba's an Olympian, I think you can make a case that people aren't captivated by Olympic baseball. Correct. In the United States, it's because it's not the the best, the pinnacle, the highest pinnacle, right? right? So now basketball easily translates to the Olympics because of the you know way people are consumed with uh, the NBA. 
Well, that's because it's NBA guys, I think, as much as anything else. And not Which, the and you know, LeBron's not just, playing, and yeah. some of the best aren't playing. Yeah. So, so if I understood, I think I understood the broader question right. I mean, I suppose that if I did understand that right, that that lends itself to why we're so focused on the Olympics, right? The, the, the other aspects of the Olympics, I mean, that, that's our international thing. That is our, not only, but surely the most prominent um, that captures the broadest audience of Americans, right? Obviously, women's national team in soccer is, you know, quite, a, quite an attraction, but it, I'm not sure everybody's into women's soccer. Right, especially when it's in a non-World Cup or an Olympic competition, right? Right, if it's not, right, if it's not that. Not that it's not deserving of this, this peak that it has, and it, sure. it is, but, but, but it is kind of all things to all people, right? Or it has a chance to be all things to all people when it's, when it's the Olympics. I agree. I, I think my, my sense of USA pride in the Olympics would be uh, if, if Simone, Bile, Simone Biles doesn't win the all-around, right? Or if USA swimming doesn't dominate uh, its competition, uh, I would be eh, pretty upset. I don't know if it would move me to tears, but yeah. you know, the way a soccer team losing might, you know, or Italy winning brings joy to those folks. But um, Well, you're making me realize that maybe uh, here it just translates to anger. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not tears. Right. Just fury. It's fury and social media snark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's wrong. You know? That's right. I'm upset. I'm, right. I'm mad. That's right. You know? right, right. Okay. Well, I just wanted to get your sense of that because I, I think the, you, the United States is unique this way. Um, that we, we, don't, we don't have a national team that's that dominates on the world stage on a you know on a semi regular basis that we all get behind as yeah, a nation. Yeah, all our hopes are in that. Yeah, yeah. Like we I, see, like we see in soccer. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's it's a, but it's a it's not a question I'd really thought about before. I really I, I, I like the thought. Well, I'm going to enjoy the Olympics. Um, fans in the stands or no? Well, no, uh, but um, I, I, I will enjoy the Olympics, and I hope I hope everyone stays healthy. Yeah, I do too. And it is interesting just to think about how they're having to, likely how they will contour camera angles and stuff, the stuff that used to be on point to emphasize the crowd, you know, things like that. I'm sure they've had some practice in the last in the last year and a half, but um, it'll be interesting to see how it's packaged. Yeah, it, it absolutely will be. It's, you know, and it's always different when the the time zone is, you know, when it's that side of the world, the, yeah. the Eastern Hemisphere, right? And uh, uh, I just remember in 2000 when Maurice Green was became the world's fastest human. He did so at like four in the morning here, <laughs> <laughs> inconveniently in Kansas City. Uh, but, uh, yeah. but, you know, most of the most of the events, I guess, will be inconveniently timed for. For us in the central time zone. Yeah, that and again, we'll be thinking in terms of real time, not how it's. I don't. I don't. I haven't really studied how it how it will be. You know, disseminated uh, through through TV later, but we'll be doing our darndest to at least follow it in real time. The the, the task ahead remains whether we can uh, engage with our locals from afar and things like right. that. It, it, there's that's not really maybe a whole other podcast, but it is an interesting dynamic ahead to see how we can do kansascity.com is your home for at least your local your local olympian so vahe thanks a lot thanks blair 
That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Olympics. Links to stories about the Olympics and Vahe's column can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website, and of course they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. Here's how you get it. You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That is KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. Get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, You're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.